Hi, I'm Mark Richardson, and welcome to Remodeling Mastery. Remodeling Mastery is a podcast series that's really designed to help you improve and take your business to the next level. You know, I try to take different topics that are thought-provoking as well as very strategic and tactical that you can actually integrate into your business literally the next day. This podcast series is supported by the National Association of Remodeling Industry as well as Professional Remodeler and produced by Surefire Local. Over the last two or three months, I've been focusing on obviously the pandemic and the times and how to think about the times and how to navigate through these things. I encourage you to go back and really listen to some of those topics and see how your progress is measuring up to some of the topics that we've gotten into. Today, I want to go and talk about something that's a little bit more universal. While it's changing, I think, in terms of the environment, it's something that whether we're in a pandemic or whether we're in more face-to-face, normal type of times, I think it's really uh, important. And that is the whole focus of meetings. And meetings in particular today I want to talk about is one-on-one meetings that you have with your key reports. I spend a lot of time working with different leaders, and one of the areas that I absolutely find a lot of diversity in, some do them very well, but many not so well, is one-on-one meetings with their key reports. So I'm going to be talking a little bit about that subject today, why they're important, who you want to do it with, when, etc. And in the course of our time together today, I think you're going to be able to see not only how do you measure up, but hopefully you'll get a few tips. So why am I always interested in some of these subjects? Well, this topic goes back about 25 years when I was at, on a ski trip with a business friend. And he said to me something that I'll never forget. I was talking about you know, all the meetings, and I didn't have a lot of time to get things done. I was kind of stressed out, and I wasn't really so uh, 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 feeling so successful and effective at the time. And he turned to me, and I'll never forget, he said, Mark, meetings are your job. And it resonated for me because as soon as I heard that, a light bulb clicked off and said, I've got to think about my job differently. It's not the doing of the work. The meetings are a vehicle to get the work done. The meetings are a vehicle to grow ideas, grow the business, to grow the people within the business. And as soon as I started to think about meetings a little bit differently, it changed. And I actually kind of made a commitment to myself and to my team to create world-class meetings. One of those meetings that I think is so, so important that I see falling short with many leaders is the one-on-one meetings. The one-on-one meetings are the meetings that you have with your key reports. And I'm going to be talking today uh, about why these are important, who you're doing with, when, etc. So let's just start with a few kind of general commandments as it relates to, I think, one-on-one meetings. Number one, a one-on-one meeting is a mutual meeting. It's not a one-way street. It's a two-way street. A one-on-one meeting is about you understanding what's going on, but you also being able to create a relationship with the other person. So it's their agenda and your agenda, and it's got to be a two-way street. Number two, one-on-one meetings have got to be a top priority. 
I would argue in terms of your week, it really should be a top priority. Matter of fact, as I look in the past, it was not only a top priority in my mind with these one-on-one meetings, but it was also probably the highlight of my week was my one-on-one meetings with my key, key team members. It's not an option to skip them if it's a top priority. Number three is the right cadence, the pace of these meetings, the right context, how and where you do them is also very, very important. Number four is these one-on-one meetings is, are not a one-size-fits-all. One of the mistakes I see with some leaders is they structure their one-on-one meetings and they kind of are all structured the same. It's a similar length. It's a similar pace. It's a similar conversation that's going on. And it's not one size fits all. They need to be custom designed for each of your individual reports to be the most effective that that they can be. Uh, Number five is it's not about the stuff. And what I mean by that is we have a tendency when we're discussing something one-on-one with our key reports to make it more about the stuff. It's also and equally important about the relationship, the relationship that you have and your ability to work with and grow them. Number six is if you give, you get. Now, this is a classic kind of theme and certainly my my uh, Fit to Grow book, and it was certainly an important theme for our business in terms of growth. But it's very much, if you give, you get, you've got to believe that you giving in this one by one, you're going to get this huge dividend of return. You're going to not only see this person grow, and if they grow, they're going to push you forward rather than pull them forward, but you're also going to get better yourself. And if you get better yourself and you can take your own game to the next level, I think, that's a, a, a real success. And then number seven in my kind of commandments or themes is it's your obligation to communicate, not their responsibility to understand. It's so important that you own the communication, that you own the understanding and how you're transferring information back and forth, not necessarily just assume the other party is, is responsible for that. So let's kind of break it down into kind of the why, who, when, where, et cetera. So let's talk about the why. Why is this one-on-one meeting important? Number one is it helps you to create trust. And if you have your key report having trust in you and you have trust in them, then you find the synergy and the synergy in ideas and the success. It becomes more of a true, true team sport, but it's got to have a foundation in trust. Number two, it's a way, it's a very effective way for you to stay connected. Stay connected in terms of the the dynamic and the relationship and taking a pulse. It's also really important, I think, and a very effective way to keep kind of uh, keep in between the lanes, so to speak, not only in terms of the relationship, but also in terms of their their work. Uh, It's also very effective. It's very efficient way to do it. It's an opportunity to mentor and grow. A big part of a boss's job is to grow the people, not just necessarily have them report back to you. And it's also an opportunity for you know you to be able to share your vision and make sure that uh, it that what they're doing, how they're doing it, how they're aligned, and their ability to give you feedback on your vision is there. So there's a lot of really reasons why. And like I said, 
the, if you have really effective one-on-ones, you tr- turn it from pulling them forward to them pushing you forward. And once you're pushed forward, you actually can grow as well. Number two is the who. So who do you do this with? I highly recommend to leaders you're doing it to your key reports, with your key reports. Your key reports are generally anywhere from four to eight individuals. And, and uh, you know, you only have so much bandwidth. So that four to eight in individuals with these one-on-ones is about, quite frankly, ideally all you can really handle. For those people that have more than eight reports, you know, you're going to have to think about maybe adjusting the times a little bit. Uh, now, your managers or your key reports, they do the same. And again, I think it all comes from stems from what you really show them you're able to do, and they'll structure the same with their folks. Number three question is when. Strongly recommend once a week. Now, what I find with many leaders out there, it's a little bit of a moving target when these happen. I strongly recommend, it's kind of like going to church. It's once a week. And I also recommend it's 40 to 50 minutes once a week. 30-minute one-on-ones are okay. However, they are a little bit limited in terms of going deep enough in terms of the relationship. Once they go over an hour, I think sometimes it's just too much to, for you to be able to fit it in all your schedule. But you're only talking about if you're working, let's say, a 50-hour week and you've got five key reports, you're talking about less than 10% of your time, and you're going to find, I think, the effectiveness really being there. You also want to have it kind of on a regular time, but be light enough of foot to not just push it back if you have a, a, a scheduling conflict, but find another time that, that's going to work. Okay, where? Now, the where in this case, especially now, given uh, the, the challenges with uh, uh, the COVID uh, the where I think can be in different places, but certainly you're going to be doing a lot more video conferencing. But once you, I think, see some things settling down or you have an opportunity for more interactive face to face, you know, the where in this can come in different ways. And it also can be mixed up. You know, some people, for example, they might want to do it over lunch or maybe one or two lunches a week with a couple of their, their key reports. Uh, another one that you can do is more walk and talks. One of my uh, uh, CEOs I work with does a, all of his uh, one-on-ones when the weather permits as walk and talks. You could do it in your office. You can do it in their office. You can do it in the conference room. You certainly have the ability now to have very effective Zoom meetings uh, as as well. So thinking about the where I think is important in terms of what is most effective for them, but also most effective for you. You also need to think about when it comes to the when and the where, is some people are morning people and some people are afternoon. So you want to have at least a discussion with them. What's the best time of the day for you and for them mutually? If you tend to be a morning person and they're they're an afternoon person, then maybe you want to do it kind of as a compromise in between, more around lunchtime. If you're both morning people, maybe you set it then, or you're both afternoon people, maybe you set it then. But you want to do it at a time when, you know, you're able to focus, you're, you're able to have the right level of energy, and they, they as well. So what do you get into in these one-on-ones? Like I said before, I think sometimes there's a tendency just to talk about the stuff. 
update on key metrics, talk about the challenges, the issues, the fires, the clients, the team members, all of those kind of things, the stuff in the business that kind of keeps the train running on time. The way I would look at it is break the meeting in three parts. Now, you don't have to do this in a very kind of mechanical way, but I think if you make sure all three boxes are checked off, then you'll know that it's been an effective one-on-one. And the three parts are, one is the stuff. Those are the day-to-day activities that you want to be updated on and vice versa, you update them. Two, the second part is on ideas and initiatives and programs and things that they're thinking about and working on as it relates certainly to the business. And then number three part is the relationship. And the relationship is your relationship with them. The relationship is also how they're just coping and dealing with things in terms of the stress of life, their their time management, the relationship, all the things that relate, I think, to the relationship it, itself. Um, so going back to the to each one of these parts. In part one, you might want to ask, you know, just give me Jim or Mary, just give me a little mini State of the Union and let them talk. You know, 80-20 rule, I think, is especially important. You want, you want to be listening. This is an opportunity for really, really active listening. And 80% of the time, you want to be listening and 20% maybe guiding and, and, and coaching. Uh, the second part is talking about progress and initiatives. Uh, and, you know, you might want to ask, you know, what are your top three priorities over the course of the next 30 days? You know, it's a good question. It forces them to think about things. Uh, and then the number three part is, you know, I think sometimes leaders, if they put themselves out there with the relationship, it really shows that they're human and they're vulnerable. So you might say, you know, what are some, give me some feedback on my leadership. Give me some feedback on my uh, ability to grow and certainly guide and mentor you. What else could I be doing to help you take your game to the next level? The more I think that you can ask really good questions in these and then sit back and listen, it's going to allow you to think of other things. The, the, the last element here is the how. And as I said, you know, one of the keys to the how is, you know, in asking a lot of questions. Now, some people prefer, and even within in individual companies, your different relationships, some people prefer to be able to think about what you're going to discuss as opposed to kind of just winging it. I've had one-on-ones where we would literally just sit down and we'd wing it. And I've had one-on-ones where we had a really written agenda that had two or three of their items and two or three of my items. What I would a- ask is let them form the structure of the agenda with maybe your suggestions and then you can decide, I think, the best way to do this dance. So in concluding, these one-on-one meetings, they really, really are important. And it is something that needs to be a top priority within your week. And if you want to take your game to the next level, if you want to grow the business, those that I see effective one-on-ones can really be able to do that. Now, they do take time. It's kind of like another, any relationship or a dance. It takes time to kind of get your dance steps down. So be patient. You know, the first maybe two or three of them, it's going to be a little bit awkward, but then eventually you'll get the dance step down. And then lastly, as I said at the beginning, you know, meetings are your job. 
And therefore, it is your job to be committed and create, I think, world-class one-on-ones. And if you can do that, you're going to really be able to take your business to the next level. So I want to thank everybody for listening today, and we'll speak to you real soon. Looking for a fresh perspective of the moment education that suits both your business vision for 2021 and your wallet? The 31st Annual Remodeling Show has been reimagined online November 16th through the 18th. Register now for free to gain access to over 20 on-demand and live sessions for remodelers. With topics ranging from effective production, hands-on technical application, to design techniques you can apply to your very next project. It all kicks off soon. Learn more and save your virtual seat at remodelingshow.com. Welcome back to Remodeling Mastery. I'm your host, Mark Richardson. In this segment, what we like to do is have a interview, have a discussion with a remodeling thought leader. Some of the thought leaders are actual practitioner and some of the thought leaders come from the academic environment, but some also are out there supporting, I think, the remodeling industry. Uh, my guest today is Tony Mancini. He is the group director with SG Horizon. Uh, SG Horizon has a whole family of different publications and touch points as it relates to the remodeling and construction industry. And uh, so welcome, Tony, to Remodeling Mastery. Hey, Mark, great to be here. So let's, let's just start by maybe creating a little bit of context for the listeners, Tony. Why don't you walk us through some of the different publications, because I think that'll help to give people kind of a perspective on your voice. Sure. So we have um, publications both across residential commercial, and I'll focus on the ones in residential today. So we have Professional Builder, which is a full market coverage of new home construction. We have Custom Builder, which is more segmented to those people building one to 25 homes and a little more involved with consumer and, and what products are being put in. And then we have Professional Remodeler, that handles the renovation and home improvement part of the marketplace. So with these different spokes, if you kind of think of the industry almost like a bicycle wheel and you're you're able to have multiple spokes, with these different spokes, how are kind uh, uh, kind of the environment, so to speak, comparing with each other because uh, we've all, at least in the past, felt that, you know, all construction's not created equal. Yeah, you know, it's, it's interesting. I think when we started this COVID journey, everybody was kind of holding their breath deeply about what was going to happen and were consumers really going to support the construction market. And if anything, we've seen it actually go through the roof. And I'll, I'll give a couple examples and a couple metrics that we've had even as recently as the last couple of weeks. And they're, they're frankly astounding. So new home sales last month hit a 14 year high. And wow. if anyone's talking, and I'm sure we all are because real estate is everybody's hobby. Everyone's talking about the value of their home and how quickly things are selling. And they're selling so, you know, in 10 days and three days and one day and above asking price. So it's definitely being driven on that side. We're seeing huge, huge activity, which I'm sure you're seeing and hearing in your market also. Absolutely. Matter of fact, I, I was talking to uh, my daughter this weekend a little bit about kind of the values of, of her home and our home and all that. And 
you know, it, 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 the result was going back and looking and adjusting kind of my balance sheet a little bit up because of the values of the appreciation course that can change very quickly. So, so now are you seeing Tony, the new home community and remodeling community kind of reacting uh, very similarly? I know they're both relatively hot right now. Yeah, we, we really are. And, and I think there's two things that really drive that dynamic, Mark. The, the first one is that we know that when people buy a new home that, or they move into a new home, that remodeling follows. People like to customize it for the experience. They bought it, but it wasn't perfect. There's always one, two, three, four, five things. And so that's when the remodeling industry comes in and is able to really bring it in and customize that experience for the consumer, which is fantastic. And the other thing we're seeing is for the people that aren't moving, they're in their homes all the time and they're seeing every possible flaw that they've ever, that they've been ignoring for years. And the home improvements out of the market is just going crazy because of that. And when you look at the activity with home improvement, Lowe's, Home Depot, all of them are just as robust is what we're seeing on the new construction side. You know, what I also think is interesting about this pandemic and, you know, I think the natural tendency of all business people or certainly folks out there is to try to relate or compare it to other events, crashes, things that we've experienced. And I know Kermit Baker, that who heads up the Raleigh Futures Program at Harvard, good friend of yours and mine, kind of shared that some I thought that was really fascinating. And that was, you know, during the bubble burst, it really didn't have any impact on new construction or remodeling. It was pretty much, pretty much flat. However, in the crash of 2008, 2009, new construction dropped off by about uh, 70, 75 percent and remodeling dropped off by about 25, 30 percent. This crash, if you want to think of it as a crash, it's done just the reverse. Remodeling's gone up, new construction's gone up. So I think that the message, if there is one in that, is that, you know, don't try to compare what we're experiencing today, you know, to other kind of uh, 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 downfall, so to speak, in the in the economy that we've experienced in the past. Yeah, I agree, and I think Kermit's been, you know, uh, very much on target on that. And I and I think there's a couple factors that are driving that. One is the, we had an incredible first quarter across the whole marketplace, and the pent up demand was there. And we're still highly underbuilt for new homes. We know that. We know those millennials are coming in, and they have this buying power. So. We have the metrics that say this can be sustained. We're still way underbuilt for new homes, which drives remodeling on the backside. I think the second thing is money is just so cheap. It's so cheap. And so people are saying it will never get better than this right now. I'm going to take advantage of it. Absolutely. So let's, let's just look out a little bit on you know, the uh, uh, horizon here. I know it's very, very difficult. Matter of fact, I I uh, heard a term the other day that I've, I've been kind of thinking a lot about, and that is, you know, it's important to embrace the uncertainty because we can't be certain to what's happening in Q4 and beyond. But I know you don't have a crystal ball, Tony, but what are you seeing out there in terms of, you know, the different 
kind of stakeholders, stockholders of, uh, as we think about uh, Q4 coming up? So I, we're, we're bullish. We, we feel kind of what I just described with that pent-up demand about money. I think the Fed is 100% committed to making sure money stays really, really cheap. They were talking about, I think last week, they talked about two years. Like, don't expect anything to change for two years, which gives everyone the confidence to move forward with these bigger projects. So we're still seeing all those really positive things in place. And the other point you make, which I think is really on point, is we're in this reality. Everyone keeps saying, what happens when COVID's gone when we go back? And my opinion is we're here where we are, and this is reality. And maybe it'll be a little bit of a bounce back, but it's not like we're going back to where we are. We're actually, this is the reality now. And I think we should be operating under those circumstances. So I know you're also heavily involved as, as well as I am with some of the uh, events that uh, are moving from a live format to more of a online kind of live format. Give us some, give us some insights of what you think, kind of how people are going to absorb the whole dynamic with, you know, with events moving forward, because there's so many of them in the industry. What, what, do you, what do you think is going to kind of move forward and, and what are you excited about? Yeah, that, that's a good question. And, uh, you know, I think when this launched, it became like a webinar fair where everybody was doing a webinar, uh, you know, just like Zoom, where at the end of the day, people started getting fatigued of the experience. But we know that right now it's never been more important to be keeping up to date with what's going on and the changes and the reality and having that peer-to-peer mentoring about how you move your business forward today instead of what was happening in March, what's happening in September, October, and November. So I know for us as a group, and I know you're involved and we have some really strong partners, is we've committed to what's called live connected events where it becomes more of an experience where you're there, you're in person and it's live and you'll be able to take information as you need it, pick the tracks and the content that you want, and also be able to do roundtables where you can get that peer-to-peer mentoring. So it becomes a different experience where you're more immersed in it rather than just sitting there and watching. Yeah, what I, I find fascinating is those that I think are embracing and looking at as how do I get the best not only returns out of it, but how do I kind of change my paradigm and start to think of it as, you know, I don't have to buy plane tickets and I don't have to stay in hotels. And now all of a sudden I can deputize many people in my company, not just me, to be able to go to those things. Uh, I think there's a very different opportunity that's happening with a lot of these events that, uh, you know, it, it truly becomes you know, more of an investment into the uh, education and and the learnings than just an expense. You know, it it has, and and so I'll make two points. One is this is something that's not going to go away. I know for a fact it's not going to go away. Are we going to have in-person events in the future? Absolutely. Are some people want to come and experience that? Absolutely. But there's going to be a certain percentage of the population, and my guess is it could almost be 50-50, that are going to be very comfortable doing it the way we're doing it now, where they do it on their time and are able to do it 
and take the content that they want. So that's, that's number one. Number two is when you do these type of events, the ability to bring in leading speakers and facilitators from around the country because they don't have to travel. The time limit is a lot less. They're able to come in for a couple hours and really share their best secrets. My goodness, it's kind of like a secret formula for success for everybody. You also, I know something else you're very passionate about too, Tony, as well as I, is this kind of whole notion of, you know, strategic alliances and how to weave them into, you know, roundtables and the discussions and, you know, not just have it more of a traditional vendor relationship. Why, why don't you touch on that? Because I think that's also something that I'm at least seeing kind of a, kind of a heightened awareness of today that, uh, you know, is, is one of the many silver linings that is coming out of more, uh, you know, online virtual connected events and certainly, uh, you know, just the relationships. Yeah, I, I agree. And I, I, and I think as we get more down the journey where we're going right now, it becomes really obvious that you need strong partners throughout your business. And the more you can rely on subject matter experts and people that do that every day, and then incorporate that into your business plan, my goodness, that, that spells success. And the more you try to go at it alone and not do that, it's just harder. I mean, it's just a harder journey. So I'm a firm believer, I know you are, that the more you can integrate those really strong partners around you, the better chance for success you have. Excellent. Well, Tony, give us uh, any final words of wisdom or any of your kind of final thoughts as we, uh, as we kind of wrap up our uh, little discussion today. I'll, I'll bring it from a strength remodeling side. And it's something that, you know, we're hearing all the time and, it's, and there's two parts of it. So the home has changed and everybody knows that. And there's two things that we're seeing that are changing super rapidly. And I would highly recommend that everybody look into both of these. Number one is this clean, healthy home concept. So that's not only you doing work and having a clean, healthy home, but also they want air filtration and ventilation and touchless technologies. And they want new type of products in their homes because they want their home, when you're done remodeling, to be clean and healthy ongoing. That's number one. And number two is design has changed. So we're, we're hearing a lot more about a, a concept called the thoughtful home. And the thoughtful home is how do you integrate a school and an office and a restaurant and a gym and your regular home together and also delineate the different areas so that it makes sense. And people are looking at their home completely differently and how they put all the pieces and parts together. Excellent. Well, I want to thank you, Tony, for joining me today. I, I also want to kind of add a quick little, uh, little adage or quote I heard the other day. We talk about, you know, are you working from home? And the kind of the new phrase is I'm living at work. And I think once you see that or start to just twist those words around, you, you kind of breathe in. Yeah, that's, that's kind of happening out there. And it's, it's kind of the changes that we're experiencing. So again, thank you, Tony, for joining me. I'd encourage, you know, reach out to Tony Mancini or Erica Taylor, or any members of the professional remodeler team amazing resources and keep your eye open for a lot of these uh, connected events, uh, online connected events that are coming up uh, this, uh, this fall with uh, the Extreme Sales Summit, 
women in construction and extreme lead gen. A lot of great events coming up. So thanks, Tony, and I'll speak to you real soon. Great, Mark. Great to be here. Yeah. Thank you for listening to Remodeling Mastery by Mark G. Richardson, produced by Sharefire Local. You can subscribe to this podcast on any mobile phone using iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts. 